Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama on IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to Road Atlanta, Michelin Raceway, Road Atlanta. Good to have your company. It's another triple header weekend for the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA. And Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta is our venue. Limited amount of spectators are allowed early on Fast Friday. Three races to come, two today, one on the big race day tomorrow as well. So don't forget that. Uh, Road Atlanta, just outside of Brazelton, Georgia. What, depending on traffic, around about 45 minutes to an hour or so outside of the Atlanta metropolitan area. This is an old school racetrack, 12 corners, just on two and a half miles, uphill into turn one, then down through the S's, turn six, very quick, slightly banked, turn seven, super important because eight and nine aren't corners at all. You're flat out down to 10A and B in the complex there with great spectator area. Then through the kink under the bridge, 11, and plunging downhill to an awesome final and 12th corner. Uh, we are looking forward to a very exciting weekend of racing, and this kicks us off with 22 cars in two classes for the Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama. Any second now, uh, there is the command to start the engines and the flat sixes crackle through the still morning air. While we wait for them to roll out on their formation lap, let's take a look at how they line up. First of three rounds then here at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. 2.54 miles around and on the 11th row at the back of the grid, Charlie Craig for TPC Racing in the number 76 car has Vernon McClure, his teammate, in the number 10 for company. On row 10, David Baker with the ceremonial number 100 this weekend. Uh, he will clock up three figures of starts uh, in the Porsche Cup in a car that uh, is entered by... Uh, top racing but has been loaned to him uh, by JDX provided by Byers Porsche this will be his 99th start second race will be his 100th he's alongside Kurt Swearingen from ACI Motorsports the GT3 Gold Cup front runner down in 19th position uh, on the next row forward, it's Joe Still in number eight for Goldcrest Motorsports. He's got Bart Collins in the number 22 MCR racing car for company. Row number eight, Tom Balamis for Kelly Moss Road and Race in the number nine. And welcome back to Frank Razzo, the commercial airline pilot for top racing back in the 57 car. 
Joe Lombardo is in 14th position in the 92. This is his home circuit. He raced here earlier in the year, and he's back with Wright Motorsports. He's got Richard Edge for company for ACI Motorsports, and uh, Richard doing very nicely indeed in 13th position and second in the Gold Cup. Michael Manella in the number four for MCR Racing is in 12th position with David Brill Sr. alongside him in the number 48 for Kelly Moss Road and Race. Efren Castro is on pole position in 10th position, the outside of row five in that number 65 car, pole position for the gold category runners, that's the slightly older cars, the Gen 1 cars. And Charlie Look, the fourth for Wright Motorsports in the 45 is alongside him. Into the top eight now, and at eight, it's Kurt Hunt, the number 24 ACI Motorsports runner, with TJ Fisher for top racing in the 58 car in seventh position. Sixth is Kenny Marillo for top racing in the 56. Alan Metney in the mostly white Kelly Moss AM at Motorsports Machine, the 99 in fifth. Top two rows then, Jeff Kingsley, championship leader for Kelly Moss Road and Race. Not the best of qualifying for the number 16 car. He's got Sebastian Carrazzo. Normally starts very quickly at the bright number 27. Also for Kelly Moss Road and Race. And on the front row, Sean McAllister for JTX Racing. That is the shell-coloured car. And Riley Dickinson challenging for the championship for more speed. is on pole position in the 53. I'm John Hindorf. Alongside me is Johnny Palmer as we take you through the beautiful golden light. So the responsibility to come to the green flag is with Riley Dickinson for more speed in the 53 car. And he's just a little behind the front row at the moment, brings the right-hand side row up as they come down to turn 10. Very steady pace here. And now goes on the inside of the circuit and drags Carrazzo with him. Carrazzo's going to go through into second. Kingsley in the white and green cars. They head down towards turn one. He's trying to get up the inside of the shell-coloured car as well. Through turn one for the first time. Pretty decent start for the pole sitter. Riley Dickinson really caught everybody snoozing as they go across the skyline into turn two for the first time. Down through the signature S's. Still in... A little bit of shadow down there, so getting the Yokohama tyres up to temperature and pressure will be the issue. Lovely bit of tactics, Johnny Palmer, by Riley Dickinson for more speed to jump away at the start. Yeah, he sort of edged back a little bit, didn't he? And then that gave him the projectile into the first corner, but uh, cracking start. Not surprising to see Riley already taking a couple of wins so far this year, and he's looking to try and uh, make it a hat-trick of victories, not on the bounce, but goes well around here. Earlier races this season, 32, 33 laps. These are long races, coolish conditions, as you say. So how's the tyre wear going to go? Also, I noticed that only 20 cars were able to do the qualifying earlier on today uh, when we had, obviously, the David Baker story. We'll talk more about that in uh, later stages today. But there should be two other cars uh, that are, are competing in the race. Let's keep our fingers crossed that they are there. Change for third position. And that's a good move late on the brakes for Jeff Kingsley up the inside of Sean McAllister to solidify third place. But the shell-coloured car, the red and white of McAllister, really on a charge for the, the opening lap. Yeah, this is very important for Jeff Kingsley and for the championship. Riley Dickinson, his major contender for more speed out in front at the moment. Meantime, the Apex car under pressure from Alan Metney. Uh, that may actually have been a change of position uh, there as they uh, went through on the start finish line looks like the uh, 56 uh, has gone through and moved up a position with 
as it stands at the moment. Still out in front, Riley Dickinson by a decent margin from Carrazo, then Jeff Kingsley in third position. And that's how they stand as they come through. This is a time-certain race, of course, for the Porsches. Pretty much a full tank of fuel required to do the formation laps, the race itself, and then the slowing down lap. So Dickinson, Carrazo, Kingsley, McAllister, Kenny Marillo for top racing in fifth position in that number 56 car. Then Metney down into turn 10A. Carrazo under pressure for a moment. Looks like he may have uh, made up a position there. No, he's held on to it. Kingsley still trying down the inside at turn 10. That is the classic overtaking manoeuvre, JP. When he comes, when you come out of turn 7, you drag up behind somebody, try to get to the inside, the left-hand side, into the braking area for turn 10A. Yeah, um, it's tricky to overtake in the first part of the lap. I would say also down to turn 6, uh, that's a really good opportunity. But the first sequence of sweepers is really single file and you have to have ultimate trust if you are going to go two abreast through what is a very high-speed section. You can run out well over the kerbs on the exit of turn five, as, in fact, the cars in second, third and fourth all do. Carrazo... Um, I remember at Mid-Ohio, changed his tyres very, very late on and had to work his way through the order. So it's no stranger to overtaking in recent times, but qualified the car very nicely indeed on that front row. Uh, but now, of course, has the pressure from behind, not only from Jeff Kingsley, but also from Sean McAllister in that queue. And if this carries on much longer, then Kenny Murillo's going to be right with the uh, trio that are battling over second position. So we may well have a queue of four or even five cars as Kingsley's looking for the inside line now on Carrazo. This is on the uh, braking area for 10A and draws level for the first sequence. But the problem is the next bit of the track turns right. And Carrazo should be able to defend as they head for the Fox Factory Bridge. They are door handle to door handle. McAllister's in a great position here. Might be able to pick the two of them off as now around the outside goes Kingsley to bag himself second place. Brilliant. And McAllister does indeed take up the advantage of Carrazo being on the back foot because McAllister has slotted into third position as well as they head for that blind rise and approach to turn number two. It's Johnny Palmer. I'm John Hindhill. Five minutes down are already 40 minutes to go so Dickinson by nearly four seconds now from Kingsley Carrazo now back into fourth position behind McAllister after that pass as described by Johnny Palmer into turn six for the leaders Kingsley trying to make positions here and move up on his championship rival and I'll take that back, actually. It is uh, Carrazo. No, definitely McAllister. Oh, yes, ahead of he has. Yes, he has. Yeah. I, I'm confusing myself there. Well, looking the timing at two different timing fully updated yet. Yeah. No, it's, uh, when they come through next time. Yeah, Indeed. absolutely. I'm doing that by eye, which I should actually believe my eyes. Uh, not always the most uh, reliable. Uh, don't forget, we've got two different categories here. Efren Castro for TPC Racing now running in 12th in the 65 car. That's the yellow and black machine going through 10B now with the Scorpion motif uh, on uh, the rear three quarters of that car. He's leading in GT3 Gold. They're the Gen 2 cars. Excuse me, they're the Gen 1 cars. And we have got cars that go back 
uh, as far as 2014 in their history here. The Gen 2's a little more power extracted electronically from a remap of the flat six engine in the 991 GT3 R4 the cup class cars also slightly different bodywork to be honest you'd have to put them side by side even as a Porsche fan I find it very very difficult to tell them apart uh, looking at one then the other what I haven't quite worked out yet is whether we've got the 3.8 flat six on display along with the four litre no both 3.8 they are okay because yeah. they did update it uh, around about the gen 2 time uh, but that makes, Ooh, it, now you've seen, that now makes you've it far said. simpler on my spreadsheet. I thought we had new enough cars to be into the four-litre era, but you know, I haven't been able to find that information out yet. Now Probably the wrong said. question to ask you mid-race. Yeah, <laughs> now that's going to make me think about that all, all the time. New for next year, of course, will be the 992 Cup car in the newly launched IMSA Porsche Carrera Cup North America. So it goes from being a Cup challenge to a full Carrera Cup as uh, it stays on just the east coast next year to keep the travelling down. Castro goes through in the early morning light just after 9 o'clock here at Road Atlanta, 98.1 FM around the circuit. Thank you, Dave Miller, for all your hard work in getting us on the PA. Through Turn 1 then for Castro, as he, at the moment, has Joel Lombardo and Frank Razzo between himself and Kurt Swearingen. They're having... A battle for the championship as well, Castro and Swearingham. That's TPC and ACI Motorsport. So at the moment, two Platinum-class cars, which should be a little bit quicker down the straights at least. A Swearingham in the number 17. And tries to get a, a move there on Razo. Franklin Razo for top racing. But, uh, yeah, the midfield's very exciting indeed, isn't it? And it's not all necessarily the gold class either. It's no. uh, one or two platinum-class cars that didn't qualify so well, uh, able to work their way up the order. And uh, I am afraid to say it's just the 20 cars running, in fact, because uh, the two that didn't qualify this morning, that's obviously prevented them from starting the race as well. So we've got the McClure car not taking part and also Charlie Craig an absentee from the grid although we did see one of those two drivers in free practice one so clearly here and on site and even de uh, displayed on the grid as potential starters but it is just the 20 that took the race start of this 45 minute encounter and of course David Baker looking to get to the ton the 100 starts uh, for top racing and David Baker did indeed begin the race uh, but has headed into the pit lane which was always the plan Riley Dickinson then leading out at the moment uh, at IMSA Radio if you want to get in touch with us of course on Twitter had a bit of a Twitter outage yesterday not us everybody and Dickinson has just disappeared into the distance 3.6 seconds now to the head of the field. No pit stops here if you're new to this. So the choice becomes very stark. Do you set the car up to drive away to the distance at the start when you're full of racing fuel? Or do you set it up to be kinder on your Yokohama tyres and give you an opportunity to charge at the end? We have seen some extraordinary last five or ten 
last-minute dashes in this series. And, of course, if there's an intervention of the Porsche Turbo safety car, that can play into the hands of those uh, having uh, saved a bit of performance. Kurt Swearingen puts the fastest lap in in gold as he's trying to chase down Efren Castro. And he has got past uh, Frank Razzo. So what happened to Joe Lombardo? Answer, Joe Lombardo's made up a couple of positions for Wright Motorsports. The number 92 car now right on the outside of the top 10 at 11 and has about four seconds to make up to the Manella MCR racing car in 10th place. Good little battle pack with Lombardo in behind him. David Brill Sr., in the 48, then the battle for first and second in the Gold Cup category. The bright green car goes down the inside. That's the second place in the Gold Cup category. Kurt Swearingen for ACI Motorsports and Efren Castro knows now Johnny Palmer. He's got a battle on his hands going down the curving back straight towards 10. He's going to have to, I think, try to defend as that bright green and white car is large in the side mirrors. Yeah, and you can tell the gold class apart from the others in the platinum because of those door mirrors. They're bright gold, in fact, and the rearing end plates as well. Through 10A, through 10B, still with the advantage is Efren Castro, but only just by Kurt Swearingham for the ACI Motorsports establishment. Great paint schemes, particularly from this part of the grid. I love Kurt's green wheels to match the livery on the green and white Porsche. Still sun glinting off the roofs and the windshields as they head into turn number one. That battle then for 13th and 14th overall. Frank Razo not very far away from joining it actually and leaping ahead of those two cars to join his fellow platinum drivers. So up the road, actually now being caught by the leader in the gold class is the Brule car. Uh, which is currently in uh, 12th position. So that's David Brule Sr. scrapping away with Lombardo, as you mentioned. And, and this is going to be a problem for Castro because I think he's a little bit quicker through the corners, certainly, than the 48 right ahead of him, David Brule Sr. for Kelly Boss Road and Race. But that's a platinum-class car, Johnny, so it's got a little bit more horsepower, so it's a little quicker in a straight line. Oh, but he makes the move really early through Turn 7. I think David Brule Sr. just gave him... A Carrera Cup car's width at the apex of turn seven. Now, can Swearingen get a little bit of a draft as Brule Senior goes to the left-hand side? And there's the extra power, JP. He's dragging back in front of that battle for Gold Cup. Yeah, it looks good through the corners to the gold uh, machines, but they don't quite have the legs on the platinum-class car. So, same old problem again for Efren Castro. And he's got massive pressure from behind here to retain the race lead. As I say, they're battling the 13th and 14th positions, but far more important to both Efren and to Kurt is winning their own division. Eyes firmly focused on turn number one. Great angle of the sun currently, staring right into the cockpit of these cars and the office space for early in the day, Efren Castro, who is having to attack and also... Keep tabs, close tabs to where that bright green car is in the mirrors. Yeah, that's a good point. He's right in the middle there. And he will want to make progress if he can, but without jeopardising that leading position for the Gold Cup carry. We haven't forgotten about Riley Dickinson. He's still out front by just on three seconds, but this is the best battle that we're talking about. The circuit down the inside to turn six. Very nearly contact between Swearingen and Efren Castro in the turn six, but Kurt thinking discretion was the better part of Valor 
Meantime, a little bit further up the field, Alan Metney using the ABS perhaps to try and get down the inside of the uh, number 56, Kenny Marillo, top racing car. They are battling for fifth and sixth position. Metney has to drop back again. Metney leading the Masters category, which will be retained, although it will be called Pro-Am next year. Pro, Pro-Am and Rookie, uh, as well as uh, uh, Young Drivers as well, categories for next year. And the Young Drivers, all the Young Drivers automatically entered into what is effectively the Porsche Young Drivers Academy in North America and the best of those going to the European shootout at the end of the season. So exciting new developments for what will be the Porsche Carrera Cup North America next year. And I can't wait to see the 992 Cup car. I was sent a couple of sneaky pictures earlier this week of the 992 uh, GT3 street car, which looks like it should be on the grid at Le Mans. It is absolutely a GT Le Mans lookalike. It's an extraordinary thing. They were out testing at the Nürburgring uh, earlier this week on one of the uh, one of the industry days, and a few people that I know there looked out for me and sent me some pictures. There's a front splitter, the rubber underpart to the air dam at the front. And that's exactly what it is, an air dam at the front of a Porsche Cup car. Halfway down the back straight, just off the racing line, the driver's left. Somebody's been off the track and dragged that off. And Johnny and I have seen enough Porsche Carrera Cup races around the world, particularly in the UK, to know that whoever has lost that will be struggling massively with understeer. Yeah, it's a crucial part of the front bodywork and also concern as to where it is located on the track as well. Now, the marshals, the corner workers may well give it a couple of laps so that everyone can identify it and then potentially take in the debris flags that uh, will be warning those that there is some errant piece of bodywork potentially causing a, a, an obstruction. Really good dice developing for 6th, 7th and 8th places for Alan Metney, who in a moment or two ago was battling with Kenny Murillo for 5th place, but he's dropped back far more because of the distraction of TJ Fisher into his first Porsche race of the year, Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama. Last time he was racing, I reckon, was two years ago in the Prototype Challenge. So he's not raced in this event before. 27 years old from Wilsonville in Oregon. And uh, Kurt Hunt is right behind. No, beg your pardon, that's Charlie Luck, isn't it? From ninth position, yeah. now running in eighth. So uh, both Luck and Hunt have switched places. And Kurt still there in ninth. Top 10 made up by Michael Manella in the number four MCR racing car. There's half a minute between first and 10th. And it's Alan Mechney at the moment, the leading Masters category winner for those drivers who have a little more experience in life, not necessarily in racing. Under half an hour to go now, just on 28 minutes as they cross the line and head into the sunshine right in their face as they turn in for turn one. Meantime, behind, coming through turn 10B, under 11, the Fox Factory bridge and then down to the end of the lap I think that was Fisher getting ahead of Metney into the first corner both white cars so tricky to tell apart but that was 58 definitely on the inside of 99 and a place change for 6th looking at the GT3 Gold Cup category Castro swearing them together as they went across the line uh, and then it's Frank Razo Richard Edge is holding his own in third position for ACI Motorsports in GT3 Gold but again he's got a couple of seconds before he gets to Frank Razo to get by the pilot 
fabulous early morning light here. If you're trackside listening on 98.1, Road Atlanta FM, and you're any type of uh, photography enthusiast, get yourself out trackside now if you're hearing us. And the don't need an alarm clock this morning, do you, when you've got 22 flat six engines fired up and sent out onto the track. Still that rubber air dam piece off to driver's left there. It's coming over the first of the risers on the back straight between eight and the kink at nine. New fastest lap of the race. Yokohama fast lap in platinum for the leader. 123.234 for Riley Dickinson. It's Kurt Swearingen in second place who has the Yokohama fastest lap in gold at the moment. 125.534 with 26 minutes to go. Gets worse for Alamedni. He actually lost two places there. TJ Fisher did yeah. hustle himself up the inside. And Charlie Luck then, gap was kind of made for him. And he slotted through in the right motorsports car. Number 45 up to seventh. And Alan Metney now still very much in touch with those two cars. Uh, but with it all to do if he's to rescue a top six finish in this first race of the weekend. Yeah, and this is, this is unusual for Alan. He's normally challenging at the sharp end of the field, JP. Uh, regular, winner, I think, this year. Yeah, he has. He's, he's won from the Masters category, a feat that hasn't been done for a very long time indeed. I think 2013 was the last time uh, it was uh, completed at Royal America. And Alan has been regular top four runner this year. But at the moment, just not getting into the groove of things. 27-3 last time around would suggest an issue because he can lap in the 24s, mid-24s. So I would think that will... Uh, that would indicate that he's had a bit of an issue, losing a couple of positions there. Great battle then for the lead of Gold Cup with Castro in behind David Brunselia and uh, Joseph Lombardo. So Joe Lombardo in the 92 is 11th overall. 12th is David Brunselia in the white, yellow and blue Apex-sponsored car, the 48. And then it's the battle between the distinctive two cars at the front of the gold category. That's the 65 yellow with the black hindquarters and the 17 white, black and very, very bright green Kurt Swearingen, the ACI motorsports driver. And that quartet are in the S's now. Follow my leader through here. Not really much you can do, but you need to get a good run out of turn five at the top of the hill, which is where they are now, if you're going to challenge into turn six. Well, they're having a go at being side-by-side side, virtually all the way around the lap, <laughs> uh, which is fabulous to watch. And then if they can get in front, it's a question of whether they can then depose the two platinum cars immediately up the road. But fascinating to see the two performance differentials, if you like, between the platinum and the stronger cars down the straight compared to the older gold cup machines. Still, Castro leading Swearingham, but they're really not very far away from David Brule Sr. for Kelly Moss Road and Race in his number 48 car. That machine's still 12th and pursuing all the way Joseph Lombardo for Wright Motorsports as those two are thinking about going side-by-side side into 10A. Didn't quite work out. Swearingham not as close as he has been in previous laps, so follow my leader through the left and the right chicane. Tricky exit from there, uphill. Then over a rise underneath the bridge where he put the car right in the middle of the track. And uh, they're frighteningly quick. Final couple of corners across the start-finish line. It is falling off the end of the world as you come under the Fox Factory Bridge and dive down. I've heard people talk about Paddock Hill Bend 
and, and how it's similar to that Brands Hatch here to what we see at Road Atlanta. The issue is the side of the track looks a lot closer than it does at Brands. So when <laughs> yes. you come across the top and the front goes light, at Brands you can actually already see through the corner as you turn in. You, you do the old Formula Ford line at Brands and there's an entry road from the left-hand side and that's normally your turning point if you're on your own. And you can already see through the corner and down into the dip before you head up the hill to Druids. Here, you're turning blind. And it really feels like you're going off onto the track and into a huge accident every single lap. Of course, you don't, but then you've got to gather it all up again for turn 12, which is a nasty bump on the entry, which has zero runoff at all yeah. at the bottom of the hill. Very intimidating corner. On paper, the 2.54 miles looks pretty simple, but we don't race on paper. A variety of corners, long back straight where you need the pace. But you've got to have a good handling car here, Johnny. If you haven't, if you're struggling, particularly with understeer here, there's a couple of quick corners where you'll just lose Ooh. a lot of time. Ah, oh, into the gravel at the bottom of the hill is the number 24. That is Kurt Hunt, the man from Atlanta for ACI Motorsports in the white and purple ACI car. Now, where has... That is the bottom of the hill, I believe, at turn eight. It looks like he's just gone straight on. We'll get a full course yellow here with 21 and a half minutes remaining. And the yellows are out. Oh, and spitting essential coolant out of the front. I won't say water or steam because it's seldom that nowadays. We know from our friends at VP the kind of technology that goes into things like Steer Frosty the official coolant of IMSA. But that looks like there's been a radiator damaged in the front. The Cup Cars GP still have the radiators in their road car positions, which yep. are behind the two, well, the three big grills, actually, at the front of a 911. Um, it's uh, normally uh, oil radiators either side and the, and the water radiator in the middle. Uh, so that looks like there's been a problem there early on. Now, was that cause or effect? It was already going, JP, as he came down the hill. And that might have actually got on his front tyres. That uh, fluid, whether it was water or oil, uh, or coolant or oil, mm -hmm. uh, and put him into the gravel. It's actually a relatively minor off into the gravel. He's gone barely any metres at all, uh, feet into the, uh, into the sand pit. But as you said just no ability to turn in because of all of that coolant whatever it may be on the front uh, Yokohama so uh, yeah feel for Kurt there N not his own fault at all unless there was contact earlier on in the race of course that created that if he's run up the back of somebody Indeed, yeah, yes absolutely taking a little bit of time to, to manifest itself but um, uh, yeah um, this is going to uh, somewhat frustrate Riley Dickinson because he built himself well what was a three second lead it was starting to be chiselled down a little bit by Jeff Kingsley this time at the restart though with just under 20 minutes to go Kingsley's going to be on him as are Sean McAllister in the JDX racing car and the Sebastian Carrazzo machine fail for Kurt Hunt nothing worse than slipping and sliding on fluids coming from your own car um, <laughs> yes. always a bad day that it has happened to me although I managed not to throw it off uh, it was oil on the back tyres coming through clearways at Brands oh, off the, gro okay. off the uh, Grand Prix circuit. So that was pretty much on the lock stops. That would certainly grab your attention, yes. Jeff um, Bloxham got a brilliant picture of me totally sideways <laughs> in a three-litre RS three-litre Capri. Nice. <laughs> managed, just about managed to finish that race. I think I've still got the trophy somewhere. Uh, so a bit of clean-up to be done possibly as well. The... 
EMR IMSA Chevy safety truck already doing a bit of touring, and that car presumably, well, is he going to drive it? I, I'm, I don't think he should. No. He's only got to get it across the top of the hill and course down into the pit lane. Bit of waving from Kurt behind the wheel uh, as he said, well, I'm not sure I should start this up again, to be honest. That could be a very expensive engine rebuild, Bill. <laughs> Well, he wants to do the next two races as well. well that's a very good so, point. You know, I don't think you want to jeopardise your inclusion in races two and three of the weekend. And uh, what will be, when you total them up, rounds 11 and 12. This is round 10 of the season. So 11 and 12 still to come this weekend. St Pete next on the bill for the next couple of rounds and then heading to Sebring in support of the 12 hours bizarrely in November but we all know the reasons for that. Well that. yeah and St Pete of course I think the Porsches were the only cars that got out at St Pete earlier in the year they yes. did a practice session uh, and then the event was called off uh, in the early part of the response to the global pandemic and that has uh, left them able or I mean, fantastic talking with Jeremy yesterday in the night practice fantastic that they've managed that IndyCar have managed to get that back on and the city of St Petersburg have got that back on again at this stage of the year and uh, does allow the Porsche Carrera Cup USA by Yokohama to uh, to have its two rounds and then as Johnny Palmer mentions, Mobile One 12 hours of Sebring for the finale, which is normally here, of course. Normally we'd have two races here on the Friday. And then Friday night, Jeremy, Shea, myself and the responsible adult are taking Porsche hospitality and helping to hand out a few annual trophies halfway up the hill. Always a fabulous, quite a relaxed, not at all formal end of season night of champions. And it, it's, it's one of those events I really enjoy being a part of. Get fought, very fortunate to, to watch all of these races all year and talk about a lovely mix of drivers who are trying to start a career and get noticed and people who have the wherewithal to be racing for fun. Uh, and that's not going to change. That, that one of the things I was talking to Do Dr. Daniel Ambrister about, uh, and you'll hear that interview throughout the weekend on IMSA Radio, uh, when it was announced that uh, that mix of career-focused drivers and people who still want to enjoy their racing for fun, that will continue in the categories for next year. Uh, with the 992 class being the top class and the Pro-Am being a mixture of 992s and 991 Gen 2s. Uh, and then there's the rookie class and all of the young drivers entered into the Young Driver Challenge, which is effectively a Porsche Academy for North America, which hasn't happened before. And the winner of that being, or at least, excuse me, somebody being selected from that to go to the Porsche Young Driver Shootout in Europe. And not just uh, learning in terms of being on the track for those young drivers, classroom sessions as well, and training from Porsche, they take young driver development very very seriously and when you look at the names Johnny who's come out of Porsche young drivers down through the years I mean here this weekend 
There's a number here, Dennis Olsen, here this weekend, uh, along with Earl Bamba, yep. and many others that I could mention down through the years who have come through the Young Driver programme at various parts of the world. Clean-up still going on. We're down to 15 minutes to go in the first of three outings for the Emsa Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama this weekend here at Road Atlanta. So it's John Hindorf and Johnny Palmer in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre this weekend. Good to have your company. Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam will be joining us for the very busy Fast Friday that we have, including a three-hour IMSA Prototype Challenge race. Brian Till, the voice prototype challenge for us on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV this year. He'll be calling that one with Jeremy. We've got another Porsche race today. We've got qualifying for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. All this in sound and vision, by the way. And then to finish off the day, it's uh, the Pilot Challenge uh, and their Saturday main, uh, sorry, Friday main race, of course, effectively. The lights are out on the Porsche 911 safety car. That's my job. That is my job. I'd love to be doing that. He skedaddles off back to the pit lane and leaves the field under control of Riley Dickinson. Now, last time he got just before the middle of turn number 12. Bit of weaving going on there. Is allowed in IMSA. Wouldn't be allowed down at Bathurst uh, for the 1000, which is also this weekend. And if you're staying up to watch the Motul Petit Le Mans, you might as well stay up and watch that as well. Back to green. And this time just coming out of turn 11 under the bridge. Dickinson goes for the right-hand pedal and immediately pulls out about three-tenths of a second on Jeff Kingsley. Sean McAllister holding on to third position from Carrazo in the bright yellow car with the fluorescent pink Ooh. yellow. Oh, and off! Off, that's the Joe Still in the number eight car. Is it? Yes, it is. Good spot, Jer uh, Good stop, Jeremy. You see, <laughs> you escalated my position as well. I like that. Yeah, promoted. <laughs> Good spot, Mr. Palmer. The number eight car, Joe Still for Goldcrest Motorsports. Now coming to the start. There's damage to the steering on that car. He's off on driver's right. I can't see that car driving away from there. No. And with 12 minutes left, we might be going back to full course caution. There are slippery surface flags out. The left-hand side of that car is, um, is a bit second-hand. Now, did he get help or did he just make a mistake? He made a mistake. Trying too hard coming out of turn 12. Slides across the track to the other side, facing the wrong direction. And it's the left-hand side of the car that goes into the right-hand side wall, which is unprotected concrete there on the start-finish line. Ouch. I say ouch for the car uh, and the driver because the driver's on that side, although moved into the middle of the car just a little bit. That was another one of the changes for the Gen 2 car. The driver was moved inboard a little bit and there's also an access hatch that uh, they took that idea directly from the GT Le Mans cars just in case you can't get to the driver or you need to give them any kind of attention. But the doors come open for Joe and looks like the Alabama driver is talking to the safety crew who are already there. And we have indeed, with 11 minutes to go, gone back to full course yellow. Uh, if this was a tennis match, that would have been called an unforced error. 
Certainly so, but as, as we were saying earlier on about the frighteningly quick nature of the final corner, it's very easy to overcook that. Your tyre temperature dips because you're behind the safety car, of course. Then you are thrust into a restart where all the cars are nose to tail, and it only takes you know just a car to be directly in front of you to lose the, the exact second that you need to be turning in. You're ramping up the revs. You're going through the first corner at speed for the first time in what, about five or ten minutes or so, and it, all it took was just the, the left side Yokohama's to drop the grass side of the rumble strip there, and very quickly Joe's car turned around, and as you said, it had gone through 180 degrees before slapping the barrier, the concrete pit wall, effectively, um, and then it uh, found its way to pointing in the other direction as well, but the front left corner very badly damaged indeed. I feel for Goldcrest Motorsports, they've only got one car in the field, and it's going to be all hands to the pump to try and turn that around. Ideally for today, that might be a bit too much of an ask, though, because there's another race tomorrow as well. Uh, but we are local time, uh, what, about 8.35 currently, and the next race for these cars will be at 1.55. So there's a fair chunk of the morning and a little bit of the afternoon to sort that car out. Um, but it doesn't look like it's going to be a quick fix. Depends how much of the wishbone on that front left corner has been damaged. Certainly the steering arm has gone as well. Generally, there is only one winner when a race car hits a concrete wall. And I was pleased, actually, that Joe could open the door because I, I feared that the damage had actually prevented that catch and the door itself mm. from opening. But Marshall's very, very quickly to him, obviously protecting their mouths and, uh, and noses as uh, the protocol, the strict protocol dictates. And Joe quickly having a word with the two corner workers that arrived on scene incredibly quickly. The lights on the safety car are still flashing, though. I think I'm right in saying nine minutes to go. This could be a very short, sharp dash to the chequered flag. And it'll be it'll need to be elbows out for Riley Dickinson. We're certainly not going to get a restart at the end of this lap because Joe Still's car is yet to be recovered. And obviously there is a bit of concern for Joe, making sure he gets to the Correct. racing unit. Uh, as quickly and as safely as possible. Big black Yokohama rubber lines from the blue and white kerb to driver's left, where the car just went out onto the red Georgia clear and then speared across into the wall. The incident vehicles are all there. Standard operational procedure nowadays, long gone in motor racing, medical intervention, much as it is in... Uh, the real world as well, where the medical technicians turn up, scoop up and scoot off. The old scoop and shoot method not happening now. It wouldn't happen if you were on the street and that quite a lot of that intervention medicine has come from what's been learned at racetracks. You stabilise the patient first if they are needed to be, but before that there is a thorough examination uh, of the incident and the patient and then you can uh, assess the situation much better and particularly with side on impacts like that very easy to bang your head inside the car even on the ears of the seat and I can tell you from bitter experience bit of personal experience that side on impacts sometimes are actually worse than driving into the back of someone you can get your bell rung and the thank goodness the knowledge now of things like concussion injuries and the care that is taken 
uh, has come on massively even in the recent past and the IMSA EMR safety team will be doing exactly that with Joe so we'll give you some uh, update when we can get it about Joe's condition but for the moment the medic's doing exactly the right thing and uh, making sure he is comfortable safety car lights still on still six and a half minutes to go and it is a short lap here behind the safety car round about two minutes 40 so still plenty of time if we can get the car moved the issue at the moment is not being able to move the car because of the work that's going on and the assessment that's going on with Joe still in the vehicle and that is absolutely correct and of course Riley Dickinson matters not to him he'd be quite happy I'm sure he'd like to win at full speed but if he has to stare at the bright yellow rear end of that Porsche ahead of him for another 5 minutes and 50 seconds I'm sure he wouldn't mind at all taking top points here and slightly closing the gap to Jeff Kingsley his only slight disappointment I think will be seeing Jeff Kingsley's championship rival right behind him and he will hope that if they do get back to green that either Sean McAllister or Sebastian Carrazzo or Kenny Marillo or indeed all three of them might be able to get by now the good news is and it is very good news on several accounts is that the car is going up onto the number eight Goldcrest Motorsport Porsche is going up onto the back of the flatbed that's good because we might get back to racing quickly it also means that the assessment has happened yeah. uh, with uh, with the driver Joe Still and the medical team happy that he could be moved and in fact the intervention vehicles have already gone so it is now just track services who are looking after that hello to our friends in Rescue 5 by the way who I know are there Pat, Mike and Steve there again this weekend listening in on 98.1 FM around the circuit and a big thank you to our volunteer corner marshals flaggers track services and recovery teams as well of course as the essential personnel in the track medical centre and indeed everyone is helping out whether you've been parking cars stamping tickets or whatever we need every single one of you to make a motor race work and I know these are difficult times to give up precious weekends away from home but thank you for doing that Sun just coming up over the tree line now and a little more of the track itself now in sunshine and the track temperature actually warming up rather nicely over 30 degrees Celsius now although the air temperature holding steady at a relatively pleasant but still chilly 14 although that's still enough for shorts I think I think, oh, I think comfortably yeah, yeah I would agree with that's you. that's top down weather in the convertible 14 yeah, yeah. it's only when it Agreed. gets to single single figures that I don't uh, you know I, I, I've go back to shorts full time when it's single figures I see eight months since uh, I've uh, had jeans on two days running you have to have three single figure days in a row really, yeah, to, to make exactly. sure that it's the patterns properly changed correct yeah correct I see that 322 to go restart. I think we're going to get a restart here JP's noticed that the lights are out it's Johnny Palmer and me John Heintoff so two laps possibly three here 
with just coming down to three to go. A fast lap is about a minute and 23, minute and 24 seconds. And now it's up to Riley Dickinson. So far, he's chosen just under the bridge at turn 11. And he's gone earlier than that. He's gone coming out at 10B. So he's getting further back down the track and Kingsley's gone with him. Very, very good restart from Jeff Kingsley there. And that's opened up a gap to Sebastian Carrazzo, who has passed Sean McAllister. So Carrazzo, McAllister, Murillo, TJ Fisher, Carrazzo holding on then to that third position from McAllister now as they go up to the top of the rise and right in behind them, Kenny Murillo in the Apex. That's the blue, red and mostly white car. Down through the S as the two leaders away and another great restart by Riley Dickinson. I've got to say, Jeff Kingsley read that one very well, but Johnny... Dickinson still got away. He did, yeah, and uh, the danger was that Kingsley went too early, risked some contact into the back of Riley Dickinson, so it's really Dickinson that had the final say, and yes, you're right, he went a little bit earlier than he had done previously, so that confused one or two behind. Didn't confuse Sebastian Carrazzo, though, got a killer start compared to Sean McAllister, and I noticed Alan Metney was nibbling at the back of Charlie Luck's car as well, the Kelly Moss uh, and the AM Motorsports machine, Alan Metney tumbling down to eighth place mid race he's trying to rescue at least one of those positions and may well now be in front of Charlie Luck we'll confirm that at the end of the lap but there is a white car now ahead yes, of the green and red so I think that's Metney back up the seventh yeah just coming over the top of the rise down into turn 10 air at the moment uh, they, I, oh, they might not get the white flag this time around. Still a minute and 30 to go. Let's check as they go across the line. No white flag. So it'll be white flag next time around. With the lap times around about the mid-123s to the early-24s, there was just under 130 to go. So that means another five miles, effectively, from when they cross the line. Time will elapse next time around or this time around rather then I expect to see a white flag then a checker so it looks like a 27 lap race for these guys possibly actually that'll clip over to 28 won't it we're working 25 at the moment uh, 26 at the moment rather the 27 in total yeah uh, well I think they'll only get the white flag next this coming to the line this time JP leaders out of turn seven Bit of a flash of the lights from Jeff Kingsley, which, as everybody knows, whether you're in virtual reality or in real life, absolutely gives you 10 or 15 extra horsepower and at least five miles an hour more. Certainly so. And, yeah, the uh, positions leading into this race, a deficit of 22 for Riley Dickinson, so he's going to gain three of those points back again, uh, assuming that the flashing of the lights isn't successful for <laughs> Jeff Kingsley but it'll take a bit more than that. I think you're right. So white flag this time around, almost four-wheel drifting the car through turn 12 there and across the stripe. One more lap to go. There's been a change further back because I definitely saw a white car ahead of Charlie Luck, but Metney's fallen behind him again now and into eighth. So that's a really good scrap, seventh and eighth that's places. Fisher. That's Fisher, I think, that's gone ahead there. Well, uh, Fisher was always, always oh, yes, ahead was. by a fair distance. Uh, but Luck's back ahead of, of Metney, so I think you're right. Metney not able to produce the sort of qualifying pace we saw earlier on, which was the low 124s. Uh, he has struggled in this race, and maybe some work to do for his team between now and, what, 5-2, to two, which is the second race of the day. So on to the last half of the last lap. Jeff Kingsley doesn't need to win to hold on to his championship lead. It will be trimmed by a scant three points by the man ahead of him if it ends like this but still a handy advantage to take in 
to another couple of races this weekend here at Atlanta at Brazelton. Uh, and then four more races to end off the season. So by no means a comfortable lead, certainly not a championship winning lead, but Riley Dickinson, if he can get through the last three corners, is going to take top points here for more speed. Then it'll be Kelly Moss Road and Race, Kingsley and Carrazzo filling up the platinum podium with Sean McAllister, the unlucky man, in fourth position. Checkered flag is out and Riley Dickinson wins the first of three IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge by Yokohama Races this weekend. Third race at this track in the last 12 months for Riley. Efren Castro under pressure for half of that race and more in the, the GT3 Gold category will finish in 12th ahead of Kurt Swearingen in 13th and in, more importantly they are the top two in the Gold Cup with Richard Edge coming through in third position Alan Metney down in eighth is I think the first of the Masters runners uh, no Charlie Look beat him didn't he so Charlie Look will take the Masters points there in the 45 um, so that's a good win for Charlie he'll be delighted by that Joe still went out Bernard McClure didn't start and we're hearing won't be here for the whole ah. weekend having a very busy time in his day job so Riley Dickinson then takes the win top points and the fastest lap the Yokohama fastest lap in platinum, also going to the 53 more speed driver in GT3 Gold Cup, Efren Castro for TPC, although the Yokohama fast lap is taken by the second place driver, Kurt Swearingen for ACI Motorsports. Well, what a cracker that was. Intervention of the safety car a couple of times. Wish the best to Joe Still, and when we get some news of an official nature, we'll pass that on to you. Right from the drop of the green flag, Riley Dickinson led out. He was never headed from pole position. Not all wine and roses for everyone with the big crash from Joe Still really marking out the last third of the race. But great work by the crews to get us back to green flag for a three-lap dash to the checker. Dickinson takes platinum. Castro takes gold. Johnny Palmer and John Hindhoff back for more across the weekend. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.